0: All right, time for another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Mitch Michaels here on this sports podcast as we continue on during football season, getting into what will be the first official Saturday in the fall once the seasons change. Matt Wittenberg joining me. He's joining me from down in Florida, so he's kind of close to SEC <laughs> country now. And, uh, are always good to talk. We've got a busy, busy slate coming up, so I'm excited to get into it.
1: Yeah, same here. It's fun, uh, Fun time of year finally getting some of these good matchups after uh, last weekend a little subpar. And then uh, some excitement out here in the uh, Tampa area with uh, USF keeping it a little close with uh, Alabama during that rainstorm. So that's interesting, too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess to kind of recap everything that went down last week, um, and there's a little, you know, it wasn't the biggest slate. There were some upsets. There were some unpredictable outcomes. You got to start with, unfortunately, you know, for who our friends are with sometimes. I mean, the biggest loser last week was Tennessee because they lose at Florida, have not won in the swamp in 20 years. A Florida team that I think it's safe to say what we still think is going to lose about four games this year, maybe three or four more.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: I mean they just uh, that, that was another game another big conference game that Tennessee just wasn't prepared for I mean it was a little better in the second half but their line was getting pushed around Milton did not play well but I think this is more on the line and then the tackling and the defense in the first half just not showing up which I think is inexplicable and a lot of it will fall on Josh Heupel
1: yeah a hundred percent that uh I think they like to call it the swamp voodoo or whatever it is that the that they can't get over that hump. So I'm sure some of that mentality does play into it a little bit when you're just trying to climb that mountain that hasn't been mm-hmm. done in 20 plus years at this point. But they didn't look as sharp last week either against Austin mm-hmm. P, a team that they should have shouldn't have had any issue with. But obviously, they ended up in winning that one pretty handily, but you saw some some of the cracks and some of the offensive uh, inconsistency, and yeah. Joe Milton didn't look sharp. Uh, The defense was not going into the season not supposed to be their strongest suit. That was supposed to be the offense, but the defense just really didn't look good. And we saw Florida's offense just get absolutely pushed around against Mm -hmm. Utah in the first week. I know Utah's a famously good defensive team, but they did not look like a power five offense in that game at all. And Graham Mertz isn't a quarterback that you're too afraid of with his arm or anything like that, but yeah, Trevor Eskin really took control of that game on the ground, and yeah, yeah, just Tennessee was not able to rebound whatsoever in the second half.
0: Yeah, that was that was weird to see. You now, there's still a lot of football left, obviously, in this year, but it's a game that Tennessee wanted to have if they're legit title contenders. Going to be hard to make mm-hmm. up, it's always hard to make up ground in the SEC. I will say for Florida, though, as much as we don't think this is an elite Florida team, this is the kind of win that Napier obviously needed. Billy Napier, the coach. Yeah. Maybe he can Mm -hmm. graduate from that Sun Belt Billy reputation or nickname that he has. But this is going to be one that buys him breathing room. I think this is one where if they go eight and four, seven and five, it's like, okay, well, we beat Tennessee. Let's, you know, because I think he was in real danger depending on how this year went of, you know, his future.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. This was uh, one that he absolutely had to have, especially he couldn't let that uh, home winning streak end on his watch. expect to receive any flowers the rest of the way from uh Mm -hmm. from the folks in Gainesville and yeah they still have a a tough SEC slate the rest of the way so a chance to make up some some good ground but yeah I don't think either of us anticipate them being like contenders in the east really outside of maybe getting up to uh Kentucky level maybe (laughs) yeah
0: We'll see. I mean, in, and you referenced you know another SEC team earlier. South Florida kept the Alabama game close. Alabama wins an ugly 117-3. Uh, but the big news out of Tuscaloosa is they're going back to Milrow. They tried Buckner. They put Simpson in at quarterback. They're going back to Jalen Milrow. It's a bizarre situation and really unprecedented for the Knicks saving era. Now, I'm not you – know, do not write off Alabama's demise. It is not going to work. It's just how it is. But – this does seem like a vulnerable Crimson Tide team. It seems like one where if they're going to accomplish any of their lofty goals this year already with a loss, they're going to need to do it on the back end of their defense to get the job done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that you probably agree with this, that Nick Saban also like might, I don't know if enjoys the right word, but <laughs> he probably is pretty happy that the team struggled early on just because he has that extra... Like motivating juice to inject yeah, into he the team. Yeah, you can it. take
0: more control.
1: I mean, that's just exactly. No mix, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, certainly not the start that he probably hoped for, but he's going to use this. But I mean, he's the best coach that we've ever seen in the game. So, I I wouldn't bet against him. And this weekend is mm. obviously really huge test with uh Ole Miss and the Lane train coming it's, into uh, Tuscaloosa. So we'll we'll learn a some- lot about them.
0: Yeah, it's such a tough and interesting game because, you know, you look at the schedule, like they could have two losses before October or they win this game. You know, Ole Miss has had their number, but not necessarily Lane Kiffin. That predates that. If they win this game, they've got some breathing room in the schedule until, you know, the end when they start to play those ranked teams all down the stretch. So it's such a huge game. It's something to consider. As is, got to give props. I mean, I know you're not exactly, you know, taking the victory lap here, but for what the Pac 12 is doing in the final year, of, you know, before self destruction, <laughs> what is it, up to eight ranked teams in the top 25 now?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, very impressive. Like, imagine if you got this production last <laughs> year or the year before, like yeah. how different the, the landscape would be moving forward. But it, it is pretty cool to see. I'm not going to lie. And obviously, my. Arizona State uh, Sun Devils are nowhere in no. that conversation for no. contributing, but that was but rough. cool
0: to see. Yeah, that was a rough one against Fresno State. And look, it's year one of a. It's year one. That's all I'll say, mm-hmm. and I think you know that too. What? What? Let your coach get his guys in there, deal with it, build the program back up. Year one.
1: Yeah. It's just uh, rough being out on the East Coast in those ten thirty kicks, and I'm staying up and watch them. Lose twenty nine to zero and turn the ball over eight times. That's yeah. when you're just like reevaluate, reevaluating why I'm I'm awake at that point. But hey, that's that's my team, so I got got to support them through thick and thin. And you are right. At the end of the day, it's year one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already mm-hmm. instituted the the ball ban for this year anyway. Not that we were going to get six wins, but yeah. yeah so it's uh anything any win basically. Basically, if we beat Arizona at the end of the year, I'll, I'll consider the season a success regardless of any other wins.
0: <laughs> and the most intriguing thing in the Pac 12, obviously, is what Coach Prime's doing with Deion Sanders at Colorado. And they, they yep. win an interesting, violent game against Colorado State, which spiraled out of control. I think there's a lot of blame to go around for what happened in that game. Colorado wins. You know, Shador Sanders makes those plays down the stretch. It's unfortunate that. Hunter is not going to be, Travis Hunter is not going to be playing for a couple weeks in some of these big conference games. I don't know what the Colorado season holds are going to have, obviously, a a steep step up in competition, but all I'll say with, and I think you'd agree with me, is it's just good to have Deion Sanders in big-time college football bringing a lot of attention and uplifting a program and a dormant program at that in the process.
1: Yeah, I mean, on the inverse of what I was just saying about staying up late for ASU, the Colorado, Colorado State game was worth staying up late for. That's one that I was absolutely locked into. So, uh, he's, yeah, as advertised, lived up to all the hype and then some, I mean, this team won, it's been stated ad nauseum at this point, but this team won one game last year and all the turnover bringing in a bunch of his guys from, from Jackson and then a bunch of other Power Five, uh, schools and then that coaching staff he assembled with uh, Sean Lewis the former uh, Kent State head coach coming over as OC I think he might end up being the uh, the Broyles winner at the end of the year for uh, top assistant with what he's done so far but yeah uh, you feel like Colorado like got a little lucky in that game I I don't know if they took Colorado State lightly or what it was or just too many emotions involved Mm -hmm. with all the the talking lead up and then the, the emotional and team impact of losing yeah. travis hunter in the middle of the game so yeah they they definitely got a little lucky to squeak out with that one which they should have they were favored by what like 20 or something yeah. going into it so it's going to be interesting to see them this weekend against uh, oregon their first i guess tcu was a test because we didn't know what they were at the start of the year but i mean we know what oregon is so far this year we know how tough of a place austin is to go into the play so it's going to be uh, pretty fascinating
0: Certainly will, man. I mean, you have a top four right now that has Georgia prohibitive number one, Michigan, then Texas, and Florida State, uh, you know, in that region, the AP pool. So we'll see USC, Ohio State, who have tests as well. Penn State, Washington, Notre Dame, Oregon round out the top ten in the AP. A lot to break down. Let's just get into the slate of games. It's a, it's a doozy of a slate. We've got some games on Friday. Even kind of wetting the appetite a little bit on Friday, which is always good to see. I just wanted to point out one of those games in particular, and that's Wisconsin-Purdue. Wisconsin loses a tough one a couple of weeks ago to to uh, yeah, to yeah Wazoo out there. They, go to, they got Purdue coming up, and it's a game for the fickle train. Six points on the road as favorites, but kind of want to get into the habit of winning some of these games you should. And if you're Purdue, this is probably your best chance to beat Wisconsin, so maybe take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Purdue just out of the gates getting shell-shocked by uh, – by Fresno State and then they didn't look very good against uh, Syracuse last week either so then again Wisconsin struggled with uh, Georgia Southern for a lot of the game last week but I don't know I think that's the uh, uh, you can speak to this but going into West Lafayette at a night game during before Saturday normally isn't good for the road team so yeah. I kind of like produced this one
0: yeah, I think those points are a lot. I think uh, it's very, very likely Purdue keeps us close, and I don't think Vickle, like we were saying, has his guys in there yet. So take a step back backwards to take two steps forward. Could be mm-hmm. one to watch uh, Saturday, 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern. You know, i got to remember the time differences here when we chat about these games now. But there's already <laughs> games right away to start. And two that have caught my attention, and it's probably easy to figure out which two. I think Auburn AM is a very fascinating game. AM bouncing back after the loss to Miami, one that they feel like they have to have at home, a touchdown and a half dog. Hugh Freeze, another year one guy. They struggled against Cal. We're lucky to win that game. I, I would caution AM with this, right? Starting the season is huge. They still have a talented roster. I think Wit, whenever Hugh Freeze does figure it out, and it might not even take an influx of talent. This team will kind of catch fire and be a sneaky, tough team to play. But I don't think it's going to be this week. I think AM and bounces back, and they cover this spread.
1: I agree. I, I, they need to have this one. Well, specifically, Jimbo Fisher needs to have this one. I, I can't imagine how hot the seat's going to be the rest of the way. You drop two out of your first four games, including one at home, if you lose this one to Auburn. So, um, yeah, I think that, yeah, Hugh Freeze will get it going. Especially, like you said, it could even be as early as this season. But I just like A and M at home. If this game was in uh, at Auburn, I think I would definitely take them. But mm-hmm. just in College Station, I'll I'll go with the Aggies on it. Although it definitely wouldn't surprise me if they lose, though. So yeah, you you kind of never know what you're gonna get from them.
0: No, you don't. This is, could be an upset moneyline winner. We've seen that before. We saw it last <laughs> week too. So uh, all right, but the big one at 9 a.m. You know, we got the number four team in the country, Florida State, going to Clemson. Clemson, who had that brutal loss to Duke in week one, out of the top 25, but is only 2.5 points, two and a half point underdogs at home by most books. And Florida State with under the other coach, Norvell, Mike Norvell, did not look great against Boston College last week, only wins by two points. This is an interesting spot for them to be in. Jordan Travis had a solid game. Can they get the pass rush going? I, I kind of like Clemson in this game, and I'm not pronouncing them fully right. back I just don't know that I trust Florida state with these new expectations, given how shaky they've looked to handle this position. I don't know. I might go outright money line winner here. I think Clemson's probably going to pull the upset off.
1: Yeah. I feel like if you like Clemson then that's the way to go with it, you just gotta, with the two and a half, you just gotta take them out. Right. But yeah. uh, FSU did their best to give that game away at the end against Boston college last weekend. Kind of a weird one. A lot. Some, weather stuff. Not as bad of weather as I thought it was gonna be, but up there in uh Chestnut Hill. Um I I kinda like FSU in this one though. I just like that Duke game is still sticking out with how bad their offense was and that's the only real Mm -hmm. team they've played so far this season Mm -hmm. with uh I think I beat Charleston Southern and FAU the last couple weeks, so not gonna learn too much from that. And Mm -hmm. I think that FSU Made a statement that first game against L- we've seen how good LSU looked this last week too. So I'm going to yeah. roll with uh, roll with the Noles in this one, even though it is at Clemson.
0: Yeah, well, there's a couple. You know, there's a couple things that we're going to, in hindsight, obviously look at. It's one was that a blip in the radar last week? Did they look ahead? Very possible that that's what happened mm-hmm. in the Boston College game. Also, on the flip side, possible that Duke's a pretty quality team. Obviously, it wasn't Clemson's game, but if Duke ends up being a good team, then maybe. That looks different. I just think, you know, we saw it a little bit last year. They won in in different fashion, obviously, against LSU, and then kind of, you know, rode high for a little bit and then crescendoed. So I think this is a juggernaut game, and it's also a desperate Clemson team because if they lose this one, that's two conference losses, and we know what yeah. that means. So I'm excited for that one as well. Uh, more games to break down with Matt Wittenberg here on the Money Mitch Effect on a jam-packed slate that uh, it really is going to keep us watching football all day because there isn't really a break in the action uh, throughout the course of the day. And uh, one of the games in that mid slate, we talked about it earlier. We got to get to Alabama and Ole Miss because, you know, King Troll, as they're calling Lane Kiffin, is coming into town. He's stirring <laughs> the pot and he's talking about quarterbacks and who's running the defense and everything that's changing. But for Lane Kiffin, he's at a point now, Whitworth. We're going to take Ole Miss seriously as conference contenders and then going from there. They've got to have one of these games. Close isn't going to cut it. This game has been Mm -hmm. circled on his calendar long before Alabama had the issues with the quarterback position. Tide's still a touchdown favorite at home. I think the over-under, and I'll look at that number in a second, might be worth a play as well. But how do you see this game going?
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think right now I'm just buying into – Nick Saban being able to motivate his guys at home against a coach that he obviously knows very well. Um, And I know that Lane Kiffin's probably the last coach that Nick Saban would ever want to lose to. So I'm sure he'll have, have the guys up and ready for that. I think it's going to be a really good game. I do think that Alabama covers, or I mean, I do think that Ole Miss covers that seven though. And it's probably more of a three or four point game, but I just see uh, a Bama getting it done at home. And then, I think Milrow, with the confidence of knowing that he's the guy, he doesn't necessarily have to be putting up 400, 450 yards of, of passing, but I just think that the home field difference will be uh, pretty big in this one. And Ole Miss's defense has, hasn't been like particularly great so far this year. Gave up mm-hmm. some good some plays to Georgia Tech last week. So just leaning with the home cooking on this one.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going Alabama as well. I do think they're actually going to cover this game. This is the perfect bounce-back game. Back's against the wall. Saban's got the rat poison just <laughs> poured out around the facility. Ole Miss hasn't played nearly the competition that even Alabama. I know they lost that Texas game, but that was a, a quality opponent, obviously, to be playing. And I don't know that I trust Jackson Dark to go on the road here and play well against the Saban defense that's coming in highly motivated. And – it's also a game saving circles on his calendar too. So he doesn't want to lose to any of his assistants. We know that to be true. So I think this is a big swing game for the Alabama crimson tide. I think they answer the bell and I think they win this one by uh, more than seven points. That over under number is 55 though. So if you like them to kind of keep it grounded, maybe unders the play, but we'll see. It's a lot of points.
1: Yeah, That's probably the way to go with this one. Cause I, I, I don't see Ole Miss putting up a huge number either.
0: No, I, I definitely don't. Uh, Two Pac-12 games to talk about in that twelve thirty 30 Pacific time slot. Oregon, Colorado. Oregon is 21-point favorites. I know the Henry News had a lot to deal with it, but big number. Do you think the Ducks cover this, or do you think Coach Prime, his sons, both sons, including you know Shiloh on the defense, do you think they can make it interesting?
1: I think they make it interesting. I still think Oregon wins, but I, I just think that, that three touchdowns is a lot, especially with we've seen that this team can score a lot of Mm -hmm. points. That is Colorado. I do think Oregon ends up winning, but I think that they end up in pulling away more in the second half and that it's sort of a competitive game midway through the third quarter and end up winning by, I don't know, 10 or 13, Mm -hmm. something like that. But I I do think that Oregon has, does get the double digit win. Yeah, man, the
0: over under in this game is 70, a lot of points, but (laughs) Oregon can score them. They put up 81 on poor old Portland state earlier this year. So (laughs) Maybe the under is the play to go, and of course we got Utah UCLA, which is a barn burnover ranked matchup at Utah during the day. The Utes are four and a half point favorites over the Bruins, and uh, I, you know, I've been burned. I've been on the good side and the bad side of Utah this year. The quarterback position is interesting. Is Rising and I'm asking you this question as we do this, but is Rising still out?
1: Yeah, as far as everything mm-hmm. that I've seen.
0: So I'm not thrilled with UCLA. I don't want to use the term fraudulent. I just don't know where they stand, but it's hard to back Utah. I know they're at home in this one, which helps, but the quarterback position is uh, concerning. I think this number is right where it should be. I think UCLA, I'll I'll call a UCLA cover, but not win. I just can't get there with Utah's quarterback to cover more than a field goal.
1: Yeah, I I think that's the smart way to approach it. I I could see that happening too. I just think, yeah, Utah's more tested this year. They get the game at home. Uh, it's hard to get a read on like how good UCLA is so far with the schedule that they've mm-hmm. played. And Obviously, they've beaten teams they're supposed to beat, which that's all you can do. But I lean towards Utah and them having the, more of the tested experience and being at home. That was
0: a one-point game with Coastal Carolina, uh, <laughs> you know, going in 14-13, going into the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. So. I just I haven't been there yet but maybe this is the week they show up and show that they're a contender again. They just turned over obviously a lot of talent last year. So I have to see how that one goes as well the the Pac-12 we're starting to see the big ranked matchups uh in that one uh, as well. And I I should throw out there because you know we we've got a friend on the Oklahoma State side. They're playing Iowa State this week. Two programs not in a good place after last week.
1: Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk about one to get a hard read on. Jeez, it's like yeah, the desperation bowl. Yeah, South uh, Alabama and, and,
0: OU, and Ohio University picking up wins over Power Five conference matchups that are Big Twelve teams. So there you go.
1: Makes me feel worse about ASU with how <laughs> bad we looked against Oklahoma State, and then seeing them lay an egg against South Alabama last week. So yeah, yeah. that that wasn't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it just made me think Gundy is an offensive guy. Like, that should be the part that's okay, you'd think, and that's really what's not. And then you have Campbell who's getting into it with fans, and maybe you strike while the iron's hot. You know, he could have gone to a bigger job, and now it's the commodities. How,
1: how far did his star fall now? Gee, he could have taken, like, the Notre Jane job at one point, but yeah. Yeah not looking so hot and then gundy needs to stop playing three different quarterbacks and just settle on <laughs> one or maybe even two yeah. was big,
0: where are we at what are we calling the uh is this the pack two ball between washington state and oregon state
1: <laughs> it needs to be yeah that's a hell of a game i think i'm really looking forward to that one to be honest
0: yeah i think that's going to be a good one and uh I kind of feel like the road team, Oregon State, is very good, and I know I'm, I'm putting stock in DJ, um, which mm-hmm. can be a troubling thing, but I think they can go on the road and win this game outright, so uh, they are three-point underdogs, or three-point favorites, excuse me, coming down to like two and a half, but I think they're the play here. I just think they're a little more battle-tested, and I trust them a little more at this point.
1: I agree. Really good defense, too, and they've looked great so far. This Washington, I mean, Waz- Wazoo's looked great this year, too, but yeah, I've I put a little more faith in, in the Bs, and I think that they end up in getting the road win.
0: Yeah, there that's a, a very good one to monitor as well. A couple more games to get to, um, some big primetime games as well. And, and I want to throw out this. Texas plays Baylor on the road, 14.5-point favorites. Texas, wit, as you know, is going to be favorite in every game here on out. So is this a situation mm-hmm. where we're just looking for the upset potential? Obviously Oklahoma and the red river shootout is a big one, but uh, should they be on upset alert or should we not trust them to just handle business quite yet?
1: Oh, man, that's a lot of like <laughs> diving into the past on that one where, you know, it's going to happen just based off of the recent history, but they do look different. Like though. Probably,
0: they do look different.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like it probably will happen at some point this season where, someone we don't expect gets them but I I can't buy into Baylor on that though Mm -hmm. just with how bad they've looked so far this season I mean granted Texas has lost to Kansas Mm -hmm. in past years so (laughs) I mean Baylor would certainly fit the bill just like but based off of what I've seen out of them so far this year and with how good Quinn Ewers has been to start the season so I, I can't see them dropping this one but I do like I said. I do feel like it'll probably happen at some point.
0: Yeah, I think it happens. But even with one loss and a win over Bama, I think if they lose one game and handle business, mm-hmm. they're in the title game. They win the Big Twelve title game, and they're right where they need to be. So, yeah, I think exactly. a loss is going to happen, not this week. Uh, another Big Ten game. Just want to touch on Iowa. Brian Ferentz gets over his twenty-six point mark, so we celebrating all week. But here comes Penn State <laughs> and a trip to Happy Valley at night. Gonna be a tough task, tough task for Iowa. Pains me to say this, but I think Penn State is gonna be very much in the race at the top of the big ten race, and I think they're gonna cover this game. I think the quarterback position is a much bigger upgrade this year. And I like Penn State in this one, even with the fourteen and a half points.
1: Yeah, Drew Allers looked really good so far. Start the season after uh Sean Clifford finished up his eighth year of eligibility there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, they've they've looked really good so far. And then the game being in Happy Valley, obviously, is a a huge factor with it being at night, too. So uh, Cade McNamara has definitely been pretty solid for Iowa, though, so far this year, which is Mm -hmm. something that they haven't been able to say offensively at all the last few years. So I do think that it'll be close going into half. I think uh, Penn State ends up pulling away.
0: Yeah, and I would just kind of add to that, too. This Iowa defense is still pretty good. This is the type of game where Iowa has to start out strong. Like you get the sense that if they give up a couple big plays, then they could be, you know, really up against it. Uh Lambert Smith is a receiver that seems to be busting them at times this year. Illinois actually did a good job. I think Bielma was a good coach in that regard, that he was gonna take away some <laughs> of the X factors. He's just gotta stop wearing that like, you know, poncho that he always wears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going
1: on with that.
0: But, yeah, if Iowa can turn this into a dogfight and keep the scoring minimal, I think that's the, the play. But if uh, Penn State scores a couple quick touchdowns, it could go sideways fast. Um, all right, you know what? I'm going to be watching, though, 7.30 Eastern, South Bend, Notre Dame, hosting Ohio State, Buckeyes three-point favorites. Uh, I'll keep my thoughts as brief as possible. There's been, obviously, much-deserved chatter with Ohio State in the quarterback position. If McCord's the guy, what's going to be the outcome there? I just think Ohio State has started slow the last couple of seasons. Last year happened to be the Notre Dame game week one. I think it's good for the Buckeyes that they're playing this game a couple weeks in, regardless of the competition, which we obviously know is a step up. And I do like Ohio State to win this game and cover this spread. I'm feeling oddly good about this one. I think having played them last year will help, and I think they're in a good position to go on the road. Marvin Harrison being the guy for the first time against Notre Dame, because last year it was supposed to be, Smith and Jigba, he goes down first game. They're having to, you know, figure everything out. It wasn't until a couple games in where Marvin really took over. I'm going to go Buckeyes here. I actually think the scoring will uh, open up for the Ohio State offense in this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I can't blame you for being optimistic about it because uh, as my research shows me, the last time Notre Dame beat Ohio State was 1936, so we're going pre-World War II on that one. Um, Yeah. I like I like the Buckeyes in this one too, and future Arizona Cardinal Marvin Harrison Jr. to have a big game. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah,
0: you're gonna. You did a good job to ensure that draft pick this Sunday though in the second <laughs> half.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got the got the Texans number first round pick too. So uh, yeah. anytime they look good. Um, but moving back to uh, to this game in South uh I think that uh, Kyle McCord settled in pretty well last week against. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's Western Kentucky, but still, you got to get those reps under your belt. Mm -hmm. I think that Ohio State, obviously, more talented. Notre Dame's looked pretty good this year. Sam Hartman played a lot of football. He's a good quarterback. Um, Yeah, he's older than me. Yeah. (laughs) He definitely has a better beard than I'll ever be able to. That's for sure. Uh, Yeah, they didn't look that great against uh, NC State. I know there were a bunch of weather delays and stuff with that and that was their first real competition of the season. They took care of business against the uh the mighty Chippewas last week, but I like Ohio State going into uh South Bend and winning and covering too. So yeah, I don't think that's uh, a nineteen thirty six ending on Saturday. It's interesting Notre
0: Dame, you know, this week and then Duke, which is looking like a tougher game, so you know, their, their schedule is ramping up. They've got Louisville in there, but USC, Clemson's still on the schedule. Um, there's opportunities there for them to really make a mark as as well. But, you no, know, I, I just look last year, and people are going to look to last year. It's like every year there are mm-hmm. games week one. And teams like Ohio State, who's historically struggling, they've struggled this year. I think it's going to start to come with comfort. And uh, I like the fact that this game is week three or, you know, not week one. I think the run game with Henderson is going to be huge for the Buckeyes. Can the defense make plays? Notre Dame's got some talent, also. So this is going to be—you know—this is not going to be a uh, a blowout by any means. I would think Notre Dame shows up here, Uh, but we'll see who settles in for uh, the Irish. But no, I'm—I'm excited. Look, I got a lot riding on this one with some of our friends. We can't be having uh, Notre Dame winning, you know, at this point. But
1: oh man, you're going to be hearing it all week, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's just how it is, you know, um, but we'll see, uh, other late games to kind of get to, I just wanted to touch on anything that we've missed before we wrap this up. Uh, I do think that, uh, USC and your, your boys might be, you know, one way traffic hard to, uh, say that to you, but you probably already know.
1: Yeah. I think that 34 and a half, a little low, I'd probably be closer to 50, but, uh, yeah, I do think that USC uh, blows the doors off of us, unfortunately, and probably our last game against them for the mm. foreseeable future, which is kind of a bummer. So yeah. that's unfortunate, but we'll be potentially down to like our fourth string quarterback and Caleb Williams, another potential future Arizona Cardinal is uh, pretty good. So yeah, all Trojans in that one. Uh, another later one that I like is, that can be pretty interesting is K-State and uh, UCF in that late window with the mm. Having the little the heartbreak at the end against Mizzou with the long field goal, um, UCS first year in the Big Twelve, they're still undefeated. They had a big win at at Boise State a couple weeks ago, so yeah, I think that has potentially be a, a late night fun one. You've
0: also got yeah, that that should be a great one too. I think you've also got uh, Cal Washington, which could be closer than that twenty one point line. Cal is a little frisky. I think they can kind of you know make that an interesting one. Uh, last thing too. I mean, and you brought it up. I mean, the last, you know, a lot of these Pac-12 games are the last time we're going to see them. Same in the big 12, but you got those memories though. And I know one in particular of USC Arizona state.
1: Oh yeah. The, the good old jail Mary 2014. Uh, never going to forget that one. That's for sure. my first year living out in, out in LA too. So, uh, yeah, always going to hold that one year and dear. That's for sure. Yeah. Who's I, I, I don't see any happening this year
0: <laughs> yeah who said todd graham wasn't you know couldn't accomplish anything he got the job done there uh 100 great stuff there uh moving uh you know r- wrapping this one up i think it was it was good it's going to be a good week going forward and look you know we also have the last er- iteration of this current playoff so some interesting things to develop george is still in that top position you know the big 10 going to be battling for it um I think we're going to still need to sort some stuff out. I don't know who runs the table this year. Georgia, though, if they do win, I know you saw the graphic, they could you know, set the all-time record if they get to, I think, the SEC title. If they go undefeated in the regular season, I think it's the longest win streak in this century or the last one.
1: Yeah, I mean, and their schedule is so bad this year. They're not going to be... I mean, I guess Auburn looked a little better than we thought they would this year, but... Maybe uh, the, their first real test might be that Florida game at the end of October. So uh, we'll see. And I, I don't see them losing that one either. So, <laughs> mm. yeah, looks like a pretty clear one runway for the dogs. But if they start slow like they did against uh, South Carolina and many more games, who knows, could, could end up biting them.
0: Yeah, Ole Miss and then Tennessee. But that's, you know, the last two of the last three weeks of the season. So, yeah, could be another undefeated Georgia team. Well, Matt Wittenberg, this is always fun. We'll be monitoring and texting back and forth during these games. As long as Wild State's winning, obviously, I'll be responding. Yeah,
1: but if I don't get any uh, text from you, then I'll, I'll know why. Yeah,
0: but uh, of course. But always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for coming on The Money Mitch.
1: Absolutely, thanks for having me back.
0: Thanks to Matt Wittenberg for appearing on this week's episode of the Money Mitch Effect. If you like the podcast, check out the official Money Mitch Effect Facebook page, as well as on all your podcast platforms, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, to name a few. We're back next week to talk more football. Purs up to Nick Chubb. My Cleveland Browns took it on the chin on Monday. Hopefully he has a full recovery next season. Uh, But more NFL, more college football next week for Matt Wittenberg. My name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening to the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports.